0: Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World Podcast. The topic of this episode is Secrets to Foreclosure, Auctions, and Tax Deed Sales. So whether you're first getting started and you're just interested in the topic, maybe you are about to bid on your first property at a foreclosure or tax foreclosure, or maybe you've already been doing this for a while. Either way, you're going to love this video. I'm going to share with you some tips some techniques, things you've never heard before, I have a great reputation for sharing the things that you'll hear nowhere else. Hi, I'm Phil Pustiofsky with FreedomMentor.com. I'm a full-time real estate investor, real estate mentor and coach to many of the most successful real estate investors all across North America, best-selling author of two books, the first, How to Be a Real Estate Investor, and then here's my newest one, Real Estate Investing Gone Bad. Both of those books are mandatory reads for any real estate investors. Also, thank you for making this the number one YouTube channel with nearly 10 million views. So secrets to foreclosure auctions and tax deed sales. Real quick, what are these? Well, a foreclosure auction is when, this is mortgage foreclosure, the borrower doesn't pay their mortgage long enough, they go through the entire legal process, and it goes to an actual county auction, or parish, or borough. So we're talking about the United States here. And then a tax deed sale is also referred to as a tax foreclosure, where the property owner doesn't pay their property taxes, usually it's sold as a tax lien first, and then after a period of time, if that tax lien is never paid, it then goes to an actual foreclosure. So, if you have been a fan of my videos for any period of time, you know that I'm a creative real estate investor and that typically means that I am focused directly with the seller themselves and I'm not sourcing my deals from an agent or if it's already on the market, on the MLS or even on an auction. So you may be thinking to yourself, well Phil why are we talking about auctions here if typically you don't source your deals where other people know about them? Well that's a good question. There are certain circumstances where it actually makes sense to let the thing go to auction. And that's usually because it has some title issues. Maybe it's got some extra liens on there. Maybe there was a death and so there are several heirs. Maybe the heirs didn't have the money to pay for probate and they're just letting it go to auction. Maybe it's kind of a mess on title and it's just it's better to let it go to auction, clear the whole thing out so someone can buy it there. And also, as you will experience if you've been in this business for any period of time, Some people are procrastinators and they will literally call you the day before the auction where there's not even enough time to call the lender, actually get an updated reinstatement or updated payoff. Even if the deal is a home run, there's simply not enough time to get the information from the lender to be able to actually purchase the property even if you have the cash in your bank account. So sometimes it makes sense to do deals that go to auction, either tax or mortgage. Now I like these two types of auctions better than say the ones you'll see on auction.com HUBZU, those type, because these are what they call cash on the barrel head. You've got to have that money at the time at which the auction occurs. So that already kicks out a lot of potential people. That creates a nice little barrier to entry. If you don't have the cash, you can't play in this sandbox. Okay, so whether you can play in this sandbox or not, I think you're really going to enjoy this video. Abraham Lincoln once said that if I had eight hours to cut a tree down I would spend the first seven hours sharpening the axe. That will be the theme of this video. The first seven hours is going to be you preparing for the auction. You've got to have your act together and you have to know your stuff because the auction itself is not where you're gonna play all your games. It's going to be at the moment in which you get all the information and you do your due diligence. Okay, so we're gonna call that the first seven hours, all right, the first seven hours. And you know what that means now, that's this Abraham Lincoln quote. The first thing you need to do in this section of seven hours is you need to do your property homework. So the property itself. Now there's several parts to this. And if you listen to me, you'll make sure you never make a mistake on one of these auctions. If you don't listen to me here, you can learn some really expensive lessons. This can be a bloodbath if you don't know what you're doing when it comes to auctions. Because so Let me tell you, the, uh, the counties that handle these auctions, they don't care if you lose money. It matters very little to them. It is buyer beware. Beware beware. So with property homework, there's some obvious ones. The first being value and you may not be able to ascertain the complete total value because you may not be able to get inside, but I'll also say this when it comes to condition uh, you'd be surprised how often there is a back door or window that might be open. Now I'm not suggesting you do that, but these people I know they tend to find a way to get inside the property if it's vacant prior to the actual auction occurring. So you can assess condition on the exterior Uh, easily, but maybe the interior is more difficult. The utilities won't be on so you won't always know how the plumbing is or the electrical or the HVAC, the heating and air, um, but you can at least get some level of understanding by by taking a look and also looking at the age of the property. So these two come together though because in order to really understand value you have to understand condition, but you want to really study the comparable sales to understand what the property could sell for all fixed up as well as what it is as is. Now These two pieces of information help you better understand whether or not you should even waste your time going any further down the road of these seven hours of sharpening your axe. And that would be the opening bid amount. That's what I'm going to call it here, opening bid amount. Now, There are two different types of foreclosures in the United States. There are judicial and non-judicial. When it's non-judicial, it's usually going to show you the opening bid amount. When it's judicial, they're going to show you the judgment amount. Judgment is how much the foreclosing mortgage company is owed with all of their back payments and all of the interest and attorney's fees and everything. And that judgment amount is usually what the opening bid will end up being for the lender because in most cases, the opening bid in uh, judicial foreclosures is $100 dollars. But it's not really hundred dollars. It's usually at least what the judgment amount is. So, uh, because there'll be a representative from the bank at the auction, or if the auction's done the online, they will they will bid it up to at least their judgment amount in most cases. All right. So the opening bid amount. If this opening bid amount is really close to the value, it's probably not going to be worth your time. That's not always the case, but most of the time it is, because the bank is usually going to make their bid at least what they owe. So here's the example. So if the opening bid is, is going to be $100,000, and the value, so I'm going to call this bid, the O-bid, and then this is the value, and the value is, let's say, $200,000, well, this is an exciting potential auction, because there's there's a lot of room in this deal. And so we know that the opening bid, which is that's typically where the lender is going to tap out at. And then the only competition you're going to have between 100 and the value is other investors. And so this is good. But if, but if the value is, instead of 200000 if the value is, say, 110000 the problem in this example is that the lender may go all the way up to their 100000 and there's just no room in there. And so you might be saying, well, oh, Phil, what happens if the value is, let's say, 80000 Is the lender going to come up? to their 100,000 opening bid, maybe not. They may, they, might do their, uh, they may max out like it's 70. They typically do a, a drive-by BPO or a drive-by appraisal right before the auction if they're in a situation like this to ensure that they at least bid an amount that's reasonable. So this could go for less than opening bid amount. Uh, it, it sometimes depends. But you can see what the lowest hanging fruit kind of deal is when the opening bid amount is significantly lower than the value now I'm not talking about tax appraisal value I'm talking about the actual comparable sales on the MLS closed comps value I got a great video on that determining property the right way that'll help you better understand what I mean by what I just said okay so if you understand that the opening bid amount is going to be well below what the value is now all of a sudden you may have some promise here. Maybe you were able to uh, get in through one of the side windows or one of the back doors so you looked inside and you're you're excited. This deal could have some promise. Here's your next step when it comes to property homework. You've got to do a title search. Title search. You've got to know what's on title because some liens will survive the auction such as uh, tax, property taxes, even IRS tax liens because sometimes Um, stay on the property after the auction you need to know what's going on with not just other liens but what if they did some sort of building on the property and then there's a building permit that was a that never got closed off that could be a real problem that could extend past the closing all kinds of issues could occur so I actually pay for a professional title search I can do title searches through my uh, the counties that I invest in online I can I can do a quick search but I go to the next level here because I want to make sure there's no mistakes And when you do make a mistake on this, it can be very troubling. You buy a property with what's called dirty title, which is awful. That especially happens with tax deed sales, where um, in many cases with a tax foreclosure, you have to file what's called quiet title. You have to file that after the closing to actually have the ability to resell the property and give the new buyer title insurance. Because when you buy at an auction, you're not getting title insurance. So when you resell after you've bought at auction, you don't always have the ability to give the new buyer title uh, insurance. And when it comes, especially tax deed sales, and so sometimes you have to file quiet title. This is extremely important that you understand this. I get professionals involved. I pay for this stuff. So, yeah, you could spend money on title searches, and the deals never come together. You lose the auction. Well, you know, you're doing it better be safe than sorry, right? So I I spend a little bit of money here, and sometimes I don't get that money back, right? All right, so if you've done all of this analysis, at this point, you're in a position now where you can start to potentially consider – putting together your max bid amount, which is incredibly important. You want to go into the auction with the plan on what your max bid's going to be. But before you do that, we have one more piece of this seven hours, and I'm going to call it this. Rules of the game. You have got to know the rules of the game. Let me tell you some horror stories. I had a deal one time, Now, I could have figured this out had I been smart enough, and I'm going to tell you this lesson so you don't ever have to do this what I did. The property was in foreclosure for literally years, and the borrower had continued to file, using a foreclosure defense attorney, these frivolous lawsuits, and throwing out all kinds of cockamamie schemes to keep this thing from going to foreclosure. And so what happened was, on the day of the foreclosure, I won the auction at 385. So I wired in $385,000 cash to the county. I won the auction. Well, in this particular situation, there was a seven-day period where that borrower could dispute the foreclosure sale and he did. And when he disputed this thing, it got put into this limbo stage where I didn't own the property, so I couldn't even put insurance on the property. So if this thing burned down, my $385,000 was at risk, risk. Now, what happened was, there were two judges in that county that were handling these disputes. One of them was on vacation for three months, and the other one was way backed up. It took seven months to finalize this. Now, in at the end, what happened was he won the dispute. So he got to keep the property, believe it or not. It was ridiculous. And I did get my money back. So this came back like eight months later. And I, uh, I didn't get any interest on my money. Didn't get any interest thank goodness I got the money back, but it tied up $385,000 in my cash. So what the lesson there was this, had I been smarter, this was a long time ago, had I been smarter I would have looked up the foreclosure case records and I would have seen that this guy had filed all these frivolous lawsuits for years and years and years. And that would have told me that this was a risky one to bid on because somebody could have pulled this stunt. So you're gonna have to get good legal help, either a foreclosure attorney themselves or a real estate attorney that understands this and works with clients that uh, actually buy these properties at these auctions. Because you could make a big mistake and it could be very expensive. Now this one ended up just costing me the fact that my money was tied up for $385 for eight months. So it's more like an opportunity cost. Some situations involve what's called a right of redemption. So a right of redemption means that the, the person who got foreclosed upon has the right to redeem or buy the property back for the amount it went to auction for. So an example would be New Mexico. So when the property goes to foreclosure, let's say it went to foreclosure for $100,000 and you won the bid, what if you started renovating the property, you started fixing it up, and then all of a sudden, 30 days into it, uh, you get a knock on the door and they say, yeah, I still own this property. I went and redeemed it. Thanks for fixing up my property for free. It's happened. So you need to understand there's a right of redemption. Now, certain states don't have right of redemptions on mortgages because of the the deed of trust or the mortgage will actually uh, nullify that. But HOA, Homeowners Association, foreclosures sometimes still have these right of redemptions as well as tax sales. So there are situations that involve these, and you need to know if those exist or not. Another one, and that might be more on the rules of the game but also on property, you also have to understand the property's uh, boundaries or what's going on with the property itself in regards to laws. i got a good example. This one individual was bidding on a tax deed sale and it was a vacant lot. A lot of times these tax deed sales are vacant land, they're not houses. And um, the numbers seemed amazing. So he won the auction and then he later learned that that particular lot had, a, had an historical overlay and it could not be built upon. So the land was basically useless because it was in a residential community, and he thought it could sell a lot for 100000 He paid like ten grand for it, and it uh, turns out he couldn't, so there's no building that it could occur on so he us. He sat on it, and he, just, uh, he now pays the taxes on it each, each year, so no fun, right? Well, you do need to understand the rules of the game, and I, I think an attorney can really help you here go through all the things that could go wrong what you need to be aware of, and sometimes it's situational, it depends on whether it's a mortgage tax or an HOA foreclosure or what is involved in the actual auction itself. Okay, so now that you've done your first seven hours, now we can talk about the auction. The actual auction can be either in person or a lot of times it's online these days. So when you're dealing with an auction, here are a couple of rules I need you to keep in mind. Uh, Number one is max bid already determined, okay? You do not want to go into the auction and on the fly change your bid. Do not do that. You want to be focused. You must have your max bid already determined, and don't change it. What's gonna happen is when you're there, especially in person, if you see some other people bidding, you might think, hmm, maybe they know something about the value that that I missed. Maybe this thing's more valuable than I thought it was. Don't think that way. You have no idea what they're up to. I'll give you a great story about that. So there's this one particular auction where every single time that it was in session, the same old Big Roy came in the room, you know, he had his chest out. Anybody who saw Big Roy, they, they knew if he was bidding, that he was going to put up a fight. And they thought Big Roy was making a killing around town with all the deals he was doing. So oftentimes, if he started bidding with you, you would always bid up a little bit more, and so these people told me at this auction, because if Big Roy was bidding on the deal, it must be good. Well, here's what the real story turned out to be. Old Big Roy he just worked with a bunch of attorneys and doctors in town that weren't very smart, and he raised a bunch of money, and he had basically a mini Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme going, where he would get the money from them, he'd buy these properties, he'd fix them up a little bit, he lost money on them, he just had to keep new money, had to keep coming in to pay off the old money. Eventually he got in big trouble. So all these people were thinking that Big Roy had his act together, and it turned out that that wasn't the game he was playing at all. He had a Ponzi scheme going. So. Don't follow anybody else in the room. You have your max bid and you stick to it. And if you lose, this is number two. It's okay. I understand here in America we're very competitive. We love sports and we always want to win, win, win. You need to be okay with losing. I lose a whole lot when it comes to these auctions because I don't like paying very much. And there's always some sucker out there willing to pay way too much for some of these properties. So be okay with losing. It is not a big deal. Also be okay with this. Be okay if it doesn't go to sale. I spelled that wrong. Doesn't go to sale. What am I talking about? Well, you'd be surprised. If you follow this a lot, how often these properties never actually go to auction? Tax deed sales are pretty much 100%. They always go. But sometimes they literally, whoever is owed, um, who's ever going through that foreclosure process, they'll pay it up the day before. Or maybe the the lender will postpone the sale because of some frivolous foreclosure defense attorney's um, latest letter all kinds of reasons to push off the sale. So you may do all your work and it may not go to sale, but that doesn't mean it's going to always stay in limbo. Keep an eye on those. They may come back around. And if you actually win, congratulations, make sure you get insurance bound on that property. It's easy to forget that detail, but you're the owner now. And if you're the owner, you better put some insurance on there, because especially, since it's probably a vacant property at that point. Maybe there might be some squatters in there. Get you some insurance on there. And as we talked about before, I guess the number five would be if it is a tax deed sale and you have to do quiet title, make sure you file for that. In a lot of cases, I know in Florida, quiet title can cost $2,000. So you have to factor that into your bidding. And you got an extra $2,000 expense when you win a tax deed sale.